Yeah. Good morning. Today's learning. Here we are in the Hollywood Stiebel on February 13th. 14th. 14th. Yud test Shvat. That was a test. Okay. And today's daf, Membez and in the Gemara and Brachas. So the Gemara says as follows on the top line. Rav Huna Achal Klesa Rifti B'nei Talta Talta B'Kava V'loi Baruch Rav Huna was quite hungry and he ate 13 little uh, bread Pasababa Kisnen it was the type of bread that you serve for dessert basically what we would know more as a pastry and and he did not bench afterwards. That's, uh, that's quite an amount. That's quite a hunger. And in fact, that's enough that most people, that would be considered a full meal for them. And therefore, you would need to make a Bech Samazan afterwards. You would need to make a Bracha afterwards. So there's a few different pshatim that Rashi brings exactly to understand the Gemara's kasha. But the Gemara, is, Rashi says, the uh, Amr of Nachman Ade Kafna, third line from the top on the right-hand margin. Somebody who's starving would eat this. So, at the end of the day, you're starving, but you have to make a... uh, This is what the world would normally bench on. It's enough of a quantity. Rabbi Seinu Pirshu, Tleisa Rifti, Rashi says, 13 breads. He didn't bench because he wasn't satisfied. He wasn't full. And the Pasuk says, you shall shall eat, you shall be satisfied, and you shall... uh, and you shall be bench. So that's Rashi explains. If he wasn't satisfied from these thirteen breads, then why should he bench? Okay, so it seems like for whatever reason he believed he was exempt from benching, either because he wasn't full or because he believed it was possible to where there's no full bechsamazet. And Rav Nachman uh, said to him, isn't it required that uh, if it's enough that people are, people are Kaveh Suda, that you are required to bench? Okay. Rav Yehuda was busy with the wedding preparations of the son they brought in front of him this bread that we've mentioned previously that's more like a snack and he heard that they were making a on it what is that what is that see that I'm hearing Who's making hamaitzi? So he picked up with his ears that there was somebody making hamaitzi on this Pasababa Kisnin, which is generally considered to be mazainus uh, and, and not a full bichsamazan afterwards because it's uh, filled with other, it's a snack. It's filled with fruit. Are you making hamaitzi lachem in on Pasababa Kisnin? Amri in. And they said, yes, the Tanya Reb Muna, we learned from a Brisa from Reb Muna, Mishum Reb Yehuda, Pasababa Kisnin, Mevarchan Alav Hamaitzi. That you make Hamaitzi even on Pasababa Kisnin, even on uh, bread which is, bread which is uh, uh, not really meant for a meal, but it contains within it uh, fruit, etc. And Shmuel taught us 
that the halacha is in fact like Rabbi Muda. So therefore, we're going to make hamaytzi even on cookies, even on cake, even on uh, things which are not bread. Amalu, ein halacha Rabbi Muna itmar. Isn't it true that Shmuel actually said the opposite? Shmuel taught us that the halacha is not like Rabbi uh, Rabbi Muna. Isn't it you said in the name of Shmuel? Uh, so this is a little bit of machlekes as well. Lachmaniot means usually chalorols, uh, right? Bread. But we'll see over here, Rashi says lachmaniot uh, over here, we're referring to in ublius uh, belaz. And our laze Rashi Explains that ublius are pasa babakistan pasha nilusha im tavlin bread which is baked with uh, spices and flavors, um, or, or baked from uh, like with eggs in it. So it's not going to be hamaytzi. It's not going to be just a play. It's going to be pasa babakistan. Can you use them to make an eruv eruv tafshil and eruv chatzeris etc. Ma'arvin bahen says so. Shmuel taught us yes. You can use them for a. You can use them for an erev. and you make hamaytzi on them. So clearly, pasa baba kisnen is hamaytzi uh, according to Shmuel, and that is why you heard that tsa sound that you're asking us about, right? You're busy asking why. What's a hamaytzi? We didn't make it up. We learned it directly from Shmuel. Now, Taisvis disagrees with, with the de- definition of Lachmaniot. Taisvis, Lachmaniot says, Pirish Rashi, if you look on the first Devramaskal in Taisvis, so about 10, 15 narrow lines down on the left-hand margin, Lachmaniot, Pirish Rashi, Ublius. This Ublius, it was not a real pasta kiss. It's not talking about a piece of cake. It's talking about bread, which was baked with some spices on it. So that's not the real snack, like, like cake or cookies. That's like uh, sometimes you buy like a pita with za'atai, right? Something like that. That's, uh, that's, that's, that, that's not the same as cake. Venera Lafare says, Taisis, the Hainu Nilush. Nilush means that it was baked like, the, like uh, what they call Mazinus bread, right? Where there's no uh, there's no water in it, so it's just uh, it was used with apple juice or some other thing, I believe. Vinira the miuki kavasu dasa lem avarchalava mitzi kamei bepurim mira benishim shem pirush dein avarchalava mitzi davi kamei daisa. So something which was a bread, but it was designed not to be a bread, which is the right the definition of mazeres bread. You you dafka made it into something which is not flour and water, and or you added in things. So that's what Lachmaniot are, and according to Taisus, the Pshat that Taisus brings down, that uh, of course, if you're going to make a Suda on it, then you would wash, which is, I, I believe, a lot of the controversy over the concept of Mazanus bread is that you're eating a sandwich, for goodness sakes. You know, it, it doesn't work to say, my sandwich is not a sandwich, when even if it's not Hamaitzi bread, but the whole the dif- difference between bread that was made purely as structured as flour and water bread and bread which had a taste to it, or bread which had other ingredients to it, is if you're going to eat it as a snack. That's Pasavava Kistin. But, no, but where it's clearly your sandwich, so now you want to say a new Chiddush, that my sandwich could be a snack. So that becomes that discussion. But uh, in fact, uh, okay, so we have a dispute, Rashi and Taisis, what exactly we're talking about? What did they say over in the name of Shmuel? That lachmaniot was a really bread that had some sort of flavoring or some other thing that could possibly be interpreted as a, as a change to Pasababa Kiss into a snack? What were we talking about where it was entirely constructed differently as a snack? Lachmaniot, ma'arvin bahen. Either way, he said, Shmuel taught us that you can use them as an Erev, an Erev Chatseris, an Erev Tafshilin. And you make amaytzi on it, so uh, we're doing the right thing. Shani hasam dekava sudasa laihu says the Gemara. Shmuel was specifically talking about in the context where you were eating a whole meal on that bread. But if you're just eating it as a snack, 
since it's baked differently than a piece of bread, it's baked with different ingredients in it, you would not make hamaytzi, and therefore I don't understand why the Rabbi Yehuda, right, uh, Rabbi Yehuda was busy uh, getting ready for this wedding, and he overheard the other people there making hamaytzi, hamaytzi, and he says, what's this hamaytzi that you're making? Now, maybe they were eating a, a, a meal over it, that's what I don't understand. Maybe they were, how did we resolve anything? We're just saying that if you're Kaveh Suda, then Enochanami, you make Hamaitzi. And this that Shmuel said, you don't make Hamaitzi, when we said that Shmuel said you don't make Hamaitzi, he's talking about if you're eating as a snack. But back to the original question, it started out that he overheard the other people making Hamaitzi, and he says, what's this tz sound that I'm hearing? Maybe they were eating it as a meal, not as a snack. Unless you're going to tell me that the nature of the circumstances were that they were busy, that's how the Gemara started off. They were busy making a wedding. They were, they were Isaac and preparing for a wedding, right? That's, that was the context of the, that was the context of the, of the whole dispute where we started from. So you'll tell me that when people are busy making a wedding, the photographer at the wedding does not sit down and kaveh suda. He's not sitting down and eating a meal. He's, uh, he's eating it as a snack. So it's, maybe you'll argue that way. Interesting. Rav Papa, Ikla lebei Rav Huna bereidur of Nasan. Rav Papa was at the house of Rav Huna bereidur of Nasan. This is the real reason why rabbis shouldn't eat out of the house because it's always going to be, you know, especially when, especially maybe after Dafyami finishes brachas. Maybe after Dafyami finishes brachas, when people's minds are not so watching what you do. But uh, many times I've heard in my, in my own house growing up and uh, in the West Side. That people ask, uh, people ask my father, oh, your wife is doing this, that in the kitchen. I didn't know you were allowed to do this or that. <laughs> that's under her haksha. I have my own haksha. That's under her haksha. You know, uh, people watch what you do and they want to know, are you allowed to do that or not? So uh, during brachas, don't eat by other people's houses. Okay. Okay. At the end of the meal, when they finish the meal, Okay. They brought out another item to eat. Shakur of Papa, of Papa took it, and he ate. Well, right? I mean, that's, what, that's why you brought it out. You brought it out for me to eat. So right away they pounced on him. Gotcha! You didn't make a bracha. Where's your bracha, right? You finished the meal. Once, when you wash in the beginning of the meal, so everything that comes machmas the suda, everything that comes during the meal, of course your hamaytzi will. We said, those are the previous mishnayos that your hamaytzi will include all meichel that comes uh, that comes as part of the meal that we said already. But uh, but once you already finish the meal, once you brought out, we'll see different things. But once you. It says they finished the meal, right? It says uh, 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 at the end of the meal they uh, got they were going they finished the meal. So why would it be allowed? Why would you be allowed to eat now without a bracha? Amalahu salak itma salak. When you take away, when you take away the food that's on the table, when you show that the meal is over, that's when it's over. Not when I decided the meal is over. Because ultimately, I'm not the one serving the meal. So I don't have control over that. Rashi explains, Salak Itmar, Salak Itmar, Im Silak Halechem, Kala Eichem Ela Shochan, Vadain Lai Baruchu Asr Laechel. If you took away everything off the table already that you showed, you cleared up that your meal was over. But here they're intentionally serving me food at this table. So obviously they're not clearing off. On the contrary, they're bringing more food. That's an automatic continuance. I think that's what we're looking for here. That it's an automatic continuance of the meal, not based on my decision making not to eat anymore, but based on the host's decision to serve more. So we thought that the, 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 the... positive sign that the meal is over is from the fact that I decided I don't want to eat anymore. Kamash Milan, no. He said to them, the meal is over when the host decides not to serve anymore, right? It doesn't necessarily, it's not in your control. Now, this is what uh, Rashi explains. Of course, everybody's busy thinking back to the Gemara and Psachim and back to what we know is uh, is uh, is actually 
one of the major differences between the way we eat our meal and they ate the meal in the times of the Gemara, there's of course a million differences. One is we have uh, lights, we have heat, we have ovens that work. You know, we have a whole different uh, lifestyle. But one of the major differences is how they ate a meal. They would take away the table. At the end of the meal, they would each have little tables for the food. Not just would they clear off the food, they would take away the whole table. So Tysus explains, Salakitma, <laughs> you know, sometimes your guests don't get the hint. So this is a hint. This is more than a hint. You can stay, away. but we take the table away. So Tysus, if you look at the second Dibra Maskal on the Amen on the left hand margin, Tysus explains, Salakitma, Mashma Shadakan Haya, it seems like there was common practice. Uh, uh, to take away the table before benching, before the blessing that they recited after the meal. We actually do the opposite. We make sure that there's still bread on the table when you bench. So now Tysus is saying it you'll have to say that the minig was one guy got to keep his table, the one who would still lead the benching, and everybody else's tables were removed. Each person had their own little table. You know, we have a concept called a pull-apart challah. In those days, they didn't just have a pull-apart challah, they had a pull-apart table. You know, everybody had their little tables that they put together for the meal, and then they took them away. We don't take away the table till after Birch So either way, whether you go like Rashi or whether you go like Taisvis, his response was that it's not up to me to decide when the meal is over that I should be required to make another bracha because I thought I wasn't going to eat anything more. Rather, as long as we didn't take away the table, we're still in the middle of the meal. There's an automatic continuance. Rava v'rebzeira iklu l'bei reish galusa. Rava and Rebzeira were at the home of the reish galusa, of the governor, at the head of the, uh, the head of the, you know, the whole providence. Labasa de Saliku, after they took away the table, Takamikamayu, after they took away the table, Shadulu Ristinami Bay Rej Kalusa. The Rej Kalusa, we were talking yesterday about that 10 pound uh, prime rib steak that uh, maybe somebody will knock on your door at the end of the meal and say, This is, you got to try this meat. The Re- In fact, that happened to them. The Rej Kalusa sent out from his own personal kitchen. It seems to me like. Uh, it seems to me like even though they were at the house of the Reish Galusa, maybe they were in the guest dining room or they weren't sitting at the table of the governor. Like he had his own uh, dining room. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been a Shiloh over here because he would have looked at the, the meal is still ongoing. But it seems like they already took away their tables. They already were done, but the Reish Galusa was still sending meat. Rava Achel, Rava said, oh, this looks good. Let's eat. And Reb Zeirah, but Reb Zeirah said, no, I'm not going to eat anymore. Amalei, I already, I already finished the meal. They took away the table. Now you can't pull that taking away the table stick. They took it away. And therefore, I knew in my mind that I wasn't going to eat anything else. And I would be obligated to make a new brach on it, which I'm not going to do. Reb Zeirah turns to Rava. He says, Rava, how are you able to eat anything? Don't you hold that you're not allowed to eat once they took away the table. We are dependent on the meal and the will of the Rej Galusa. So the fact that we finished our meals in our minds and took away the table does not change anything because we're not in our own house. We're in the house of the Rej Galusa. We do not control the duration of the meal. So it's the, it, it, you accomplish nothing by saying, I took away the table, I moved it aside, I cleaned it off. In my mind, there was no more food coming. I was stuffed. All those things don't change the facts that you're still in the middle of a meal. And therefore, if, 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 if you don't have control of when the meal ends, your original bracha is still valid and is still any food which comes at that meal, your hamaytzi is going to cover it. So the question is, was he saying this dafka because they were in the house of the Rage Kalusa of somebody who was more chashiv? Somebody who was like, uh, but it, 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 or, or, uh, or, or would this apply to anybody's house? 
Seems like you would always be taller on the das of the balabayas. You don't know what they're going to serve. But of Nassim holds that all this table stuff and is nothing to do with it. It's all reliant on benching, right? Because he was originally... Um, they jumped on him when he did it to begin with and they had just finished benching. The Gemara seems to be implying that they, they held that benching is where it ends. What do you mean they just finished benching? What's it, what? Right after benching. They finished their meal. But they removed the table, you're telling that they um, so you want to know ultimately what did he hold? Ultimately, what did Rabuna hold? Yeah. Uh, what, it, how do you know he didn't? Uh, he's saying Rava. Was he arguing on Rava and 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 Rav Zera? What's the machlekes? So, so, so the machlekes seems to me is different practices of what your what you what ends the meal. What ends the meal? Right, but I'm what, spinning what it hold? that it that 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 you. I, so I think the pshat is that the machlokes in this gemara is whether it's do I personally control is my meal when it ends or is, it or is my dad's bottle to the meal? Got it. And the practices that are there. It seems from the gemara that dafka the rishon lusa. Dafka the rishon lusa. They have unlimited funds. Just because he gave us this, he could bring who knows what. That's the shprach. That's the shprach. That's it. That's what I. That's what I said. But the mice, it's true. Except you don't need to come from the bride from the gemara, correct? But at the same at the same time, right? The concept is. The, the, the concept is that... It's not up to you. That it's not up to you. And, and therefore, it should be true in, uh, in, in somebody else's house. So what are your uh, that's, Tyson's gets... I don't, I don't, Paskaling is never part of this shit. Um, uh, that, that's for sure. Yeah, it's the trap. It's the trap, right? Uh, you know. Otherwise, you'd have 10 people at the table. Some would be finished. Some wouldn't be finished. But you got to look to the host, who's the leader. Oh. That's it. I think. Right, but the, but uh, uh, you, um, sorry, what's your name? Mayor. Mayor. Mayor is making a good point. You can't prove that to me from the story of the Reish Kulusa. The Reish Kulusa is, is special. And could be he would be Machmer if he would be in your house or my house, that he would be Machmer and say, listen, normal people, we, go by, we don't go by each individual family, what you do. There are families, I, I've been to Shabbos meals where we were there for five hours. And, uh, 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 right? Uh, uh, more. So we don't pass him by each individual family. We pass him by the rive of the velt. Rive of the velt. When the meal is over, it's over. We don't send out now a prime rib at the end of the meal. But the rich kalusa is not, is, is taka, it's, he has the right, it is an exception. I hear. Omar Rav. So uh, uh, to give an answer to Barry, it seems like there is a machloikis. What is the criteria for ending the meal? Right. Amr Rav, Hergo B'Shemen, and the Gemara continues in that vein. Amr Rav, Hergo B'Shemen, Shemen Ma'akvay. Somebody who regularly uh, lathers up with uh, oils to, at the end of the meal. That's, uh, you know, they used to eat, believe it or not, they used to eat much more with their hands, right? Uh, or whatever it is, they, uh, they used to oil their hands. So that's, that becomes the end of the meal. That's ma'akev and eating more foods under the original bracha. Amr Avashi Kiavin Berev Kahana Amalan Rav Kahana taught us Kagoyin Anander Gilam B'Mishcha Misha Ma'akvelon. That exactly this halacha that for us who regularly anoint ourselves with oil, that is the end of the meal. Rashi explains the chiddush. Shemin ma'akvay le'inyim bracha sha'afilu gamar v'silak. Even if you finished, you took away the table. V'loy mashach yada v'dayin suda k'yemes v'aychol b'loy bracha. There's an automatic continuance till you do that final step of anointing, of, of, of shmearing your hands. V'leis hilchas ha'kakal ha'nishmaitzis. Is the Gemara, in fact, the halacha is not like any of these, uh, what we've learned here just now. Elaki ha'adam rebchia barashi amarav. Shalash tekifas hein. There's three things which it's, Talk of where it's immediately continued by another item. What does that mean? Take of the smicha immediately in the base of mikdash after they would do uh, smicha would where they would be the owners would lean with uh, the kahanim they would do smicha on the behema shchita shchita has to come immediately right after. There's no interruption. Take of the guula tefila after the bracha of gal yisrael you immediately recite shmona esrei. There's no interruption. 
allowed and take it and tilus yadayim bracha. And as soon as you watch tilus yadayim, you have to bench now. You can ask in Tilsi Daim, that's at the beginning of the meal. Rashi says in Tilsi Daim, the Mayim Achorainim, the Echazamazai, the Layacha Klum Achivarech Al Mazainai. So Mayim Achorainim comes together with benching. Once you did Mayim Achorainim, that is the halacha, in fact. Once you did Mayim Achorainim, you wash your hands before the bracha, before benching, that is the end of your meal. Even um, if you say Shirmaz, it still doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, you're making things complicated over here, you know. But yeah, 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 yeah. Even if you said shemalos, you could still eat. I thought most people, yeah. Even if you didn't do my macaroni, but okay. Right. Um, but it's interesting because why? Well, no, I, I, I. Here's the deal. Our my macaroni. I think it might depend. First of all, if you're a real yaki, you're not doing my macaroni. So then you're back to that. Uh, right, the real yakis. I mean. Real uh, yaki, right? Yakis do not do my machrainim, but uh, I know Rabbi Forsheimer in Lakewood, who's a very big yaki. He's also a, a very yeah. He, he does a lot of his own things, but he does my machrainim at he the sink. But that's a different thing. He's a, he's infected by like affected by Lakewood, and uh, that's uh, right. Uh, my, uh, oh, okay. And uh, no, a, a real yaki lost his messiah. A real yaki will lose his messiah if he goes out of. Uh, a yakisha place. That's and it, right. That's what happens. But uh, whatever it is, so share malas. If I'm going to wash my macharonim, Josh is saying that lachari you could still eat if you get that knock on the door or you go in the kitchen and you realize they forgot to serve one of the sixteen dishes from the meal. You are in luck if you didn't yet wash my macharonim. Amr Abaye, af anu noimar takev l'talmidei chachamim. Bracha. Abaye added a beautiful thing that immediately attached to Talmidei Chachamim comes Bracha. Shneemar ba'yibarcheinu Hashem biglalech. I've blessed you. Hashem has blessed you in their merit. Ibas Ema, or perhaps you'll say Mehacha Shneemar ba'yibarch Hashem as Beis Hamitzri biglal Yosef that uh, the house of uh, of uh, Paitifar was blessed because Yosef was in charge of it. So there's certain things which are a direct reaction. And one of those things, what's a direct reaction to, to not eating anymore, is my macharonim is a direct re- cause for benching, is a direct connection. And at that point, your meal is over. Till that point, take a table, put a table, dance with the table, whatever you want with the table, smear yourself, don't smear yourself, you didn't end your meal. Says the Mishnah, Berech alayayin shalifnei hamazayin, Pater asayayin. I do want to ask everybody not to jump right away into the most common example where we make a bracha on wine before the meal, which is Kiddush on Shabbos, just for the moment. Just let's look at the Mishnah and its own merit. Baruch al-Ayayin If you made a bracha on wine before the food came, before the, the uh, mazayin, patr sayayin mazayin. So then that exempts you um, uh, that exempts you from wine that you're going to drink uh, j- during the meal. Berch ala papyrus shalafnei hamazon. Yeah, but mazon over here, the way Rashi explains it, um, they had, right, we're talking about where you had a whole meal in between. And then you benched, right? No, Rashi says clearly, We're talking about wine before Birch Samazin during the meal. Again, uh, let's see the Rashi on the Mishnah. They would drink a cup of wine. We still do it today. It's called cocktails, right? And they would bring like snacks, appetizers, to create an appetite. Then they would bring the table. After the end of the meal, they would eat and drink. They would bring dessert. What? It's good for the heart. That's that's dessert. It's good for the heart, right? It's for the yeah. We had that a or so. Says Rashi that both of them are we're talking about before birchas hamazay. 
So it seems like after the meal, the bracha on wine before the meal should work for wine that I'm going to have all the way through. The same bracha, let's say they served, uh, let's say they served a fruit cup for appetizer, and then they serve fruit at the end of the meal, you don't need a new bracha. If you made a bracha on bread first, even though you could argue that papyrus is a side dish, it's a dessert or an appetizer, a dessert, you'll say that's not really part of the meal. The meal means the main course. Still, it's exempt from making a new bracha. Al papyrus, but if you made a bracha on the papyrus, like papyrus, a pass. Tanakama is telling you that uh, it doesn't exempt you from any bread. Bishamai says the bracha on the papyrus, which is like a side dish or a dessert or an appetizer, afloy maisa kadeira, does not exempt you from even things which were baked, which, which were cooked. Uh, 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 wheat or different things that they cooked. If they were sitting, so there's different ways that they had a meal. If they were sitting without leaning on their, uh, you know, fancy couches like we do on Pesach, right? So then, each one is, uh, is uh, making a bracha for itself. Uh, but if you're leaning, at the end of the meal, one person will make a bracha for everybody. And we'll have to see in the Gemara what the distinction is between whether everybody was leaning or everybody was sitting. This is what Judah, the pre-share, if you were here for the pre-share, Judah brought this up. What happens if they suddenly come around pouring wine in the middle of the meal? Each person makes a bracha for themselves. But if it was after... Then one person makes a bracha for everybody. And that person also makes a bracha on the mugmer. The mugmer was uh, uh, some sort of uh, scent, some sort of sp- uh, smoke incense that uh, they would bring afterwards and make a bayre atse besamim. Not too many of us make a bayre atse besamim, but that was the common uh, custom. Even though it came here we're talking about So the mugma would come and the wine would come. They would bring more wine and mugma. It sounds like Hollywood. They would bring more wine after benching. After the meal finished, people would sit and drink wine still. Right? And uh, that would be that would be um, the, the normal custom. In that case, the one who made the bracha on the mugma uh, it would also and make uh, one person would make a bracha on the wine and on the mugmer. Amar Rabba Barbachana Amrab Yechanan. This is important. Loi Shanu Elabishabasais the Yamim Taivim. We didn't learn this halacha that Yayin that you made a bracha before the meal works all the way through the meal Elabish on Shabbos and Yamtif. That makes sense. Why? Because during on Shabbos and Yom Tif, we drink wine, we're able to sit. They didn't have cars in those days. So, but it, if you want to easily understand this, if you, during the week, if you want to drink wine, you're worried. Maybe you're gonna, not going to be able to drive home because you're going to drink too much wine. Shabbos, you're not worried about anything. You're not going anywhere. They would sit. They would uh, sing zmiras, say devar Torah, and be able to enjoy a suda with more with additional wine. Therefore, it makes sense that when you made a guffin in the beginning of the meal, your kavanah wasn't just on that cup of wine that you for kiddush or that cup of wine that you had in front of it. Your kavanah was. I'm going to sit now. I'm going to be drinking wine for the next few hours. But if it's during a regular day of the year, mavarich I'll call kois v'kois. Each cup that you brought out, uh, each new cup that you brought out would have to, uh, would require its own, uh, its own kais. Now, does that really mean each new cup? What happens if like you kept refilling the same cup? So Rashi explains, 
it has to, it seems like when you, when it looks like you've changed your mind to drink more wine. So if you fill, if you fill up a cup and you finish that cup, and then 10 minutes later you decide to pour another glass of wine, yeah, you would need to make another bracha if it was during the week. There are other times also when a person engages in activities which afterwards they need to eat a meal. And therefore, like a blood, if they've done bloodletting, which was a common refuah, they went to the base of Merchatz, which also was partially a refuah for health, as well as for hygiene, and therefore you are having a normal suda on wine, memela, each cup is included in your original bracha. Aval, b'shayim ha'ishashana, but the rest of the days of the year, mevarech, I'll call kais v'kais. So this seems to be that we're back to this unique feature of brachas, that usually when it comes to halacha, you don't have such individuality. You don't have... It's not dependent on you. We go roiv basa roiv b'nei adam, and we make a determination. Either it's normal for people to drink glass after glass, or it's not considered regular for people to drink glass after glass. And if it is regular for people to drink glass after glass during the week, then you wouldn't make a new bracha. And that's kind of what we're saying here, that most of the time people don't have the das to drink, except that we're also saying that if you were kaveya suda alayayin, if you were in a circumstance where that meal happens to be, was like a Shabbos meal, then you would not make a bracha for each one. So not halachically. Based on this Gemara, do we have any answer for Judah? If you're sitting at a wedding and all of a sudden they come around with wine and they start pouring, would you like some wine, sir? They start pouring each guest. So is that like a suda which you're kaveya and yayin? Because ultimately, it's mamasha, it's like one of the, it fits into one of these categories that the normal way at a wedding, right? The normal way of trying to create simcha is that they serve wine. So I would think that if you made a hagafen in the beginning of the meal, and then they come out with a bottle of wine later on, that it would still possibly be included. At the same time, I'm just saying based on this Gemara. Rabba bar Mary Rabba bar Mary came to Rabba's house during the week. And he saw that he was making a bracha on uh, on wine both before and after. You're doing the right thing. That is what is supposed to happen. And that's in fact how Rabbi Shubin Levi taught us to do, that you make another bracha. If it's not Shabbos and Yamtif, after the meal, you still, or at the end of the meal, you're still drinking wine, you make another bracha. Rabbi Yitzchak bar Yosef, came to the Abaye's house on Yamtif. So it was on the Chag. This is another problem. He saw him making a bracha on wine on each cup that they brought out. That only during the the week you make a bracha in that manner. I, in fact, did not drink wine throughout the meal, says Abayi. I personally, in this case, thought I was drinking wine for Kiddush or wine in the beginning of the meal, and that was it. And I now, subsequent to that, at least to that, changed my mind to drink wine. So, of course, I should make another bracha. I was Messiah Das. A regular person on a yamtif fits into the category of the Mishnah. That we drink wine throughout the meal. But Abai is saying, you can't, you can't fool yourself, right? You can maybe fool, you can fool, even if you can fool all the people all the time, but you can't fool yourself. But, uh... And uh, right, so I can I, I change. I don't. I did not have in mind to be, to drink. So therefore, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to make another bracha, even on Yamtif. Ibayluhu says the Gemara. Here comes the following question. Also, uh, here comes the Shaila, and this is. I think Barry already led us into this question. If they brought to you wine during the meal, would you then need another bracha 
another bracha again after. Imtim tzolaymar for wine that they brought after the meal. Imtim tzolaymar barachala yayin shlifnea yayin poitus yayin shala achra mazam shundazel lishtois vizel lishtois. If you tell me that it makes sense, the whole halacha, that one cup of one brach on wine will work throughout the meal, even after the meal, at the end of the meal, where you're sitting and enjoying the wine, because it's all there for drinking, that's what you're doing, you're drinking wine, that was what your bracha to Hashem was on, the wine to drink. Aval but if they brought it to you after, mamash, after benching, I would say that this wine is not coming... For regular, uh, this uh, wine is not coming uh, for regular drinking. What is this wine coming? It's kind of like just to ease the digestion. Um, they the wine that you drink during the meal is, is coming. For uh, They only drank a little bit. I, uh, 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 um, so what's the lishtois then? The one afterwards. That's uh-huh. the one during the So if you tell me that the bracha on the wine, so then it comes out that your bracha was on wine, which was only to ease the digestion, it wouldn't work for bracha, which you're uh, sitting uh, to drink, food wine to drink. You know, most people, t- okay, I guess maybe wine helps the food go down, but I think that's what they drank, you know. Aval hacha, does that lishtais, does that lishtais light? I do ma. a lot of excuses to drink. Wine is wine. right? Wine is wine. People don't make a din v'cheshven why they're drinking one more glass. Is this the glass that's to ease the digestion, or is this the glass because it's another glass? Rabba. Rav Amar Paiter. Rav says the first bracha works to exempt you from uh, from later wine or unconditionally. Rav Kahana Amar Eino Paiter. Rav Nachman Amar Paiter. Rav Sheishus Amar Eino Paiter. Rav Huna Rav Yehuda B'Chol Tamidei the Rav Amru Eino Paiter. And Rav Yehuda and all the Tamidim, all the students of Rav told you that no, you would require another bracha. It's interesting format because usually when you have a machlekes of a few different people, the Gemara will say Rav Yechon Rishlakish Rav Zera, you know, hold one thing, and then there's two or three people on the other side. Here it seems like uh, we're not just telling you the psak; we're telling you what they did. Pointer that they dra- they actually used to do this, and that's how we know. So it seems like a typical is you want to know whether the wine, the bracha on wine for after the meal and during the meal is one bracha or not, this Gemara cannot help you. Because all we can tell you is yesh v'yesh, that there are people who did both ways. Rava asked on Rav Nachman's opinion that Rav Nachman is what, said what? Rav Nachman said Peter, that you don't make another bracha. We learned that if the halacha is, if you brought wine during the meal, call echad ve'echad mevarech la'atzmai, right? In our Mishnah. La'achah mazayin, but if you brought it afterwards, echad mevarech l'kula. Then one person makes a bracha for everybody. <coughs> so what exactly is the Gemara thinking over here? Rashi explains la'achah mazayin, echad mevarech l'kulam, kasal kadaitach, at this point we thought, the hachi kamar, this is what we meant, the kshiyaviyu yayin sheni, achah mazayin, echad mevarech l'kulam, but, uh, 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 that one person would make for everybody. Amalei says the Gemara, If they didn't have wine, not that they had wine and now one, they bring out more wine, but if they didn't have wine up until this point, then Why is there a distinction if they didn't have wine up until the end of the meal? Uh, or not? That's a good question. Baruch pas says the Gemara, Baruch pas poitus apaparus. We said that if you washed and you made a bracha amaitzi, you don't make a bracha on the smaller dishes served during the meal. Allah apaparus, but if you made a bracha just on the appetizer or the dessert, whatever it is, you wouldn't loy poitus apas. You would not exempt yourself from making a bracha on the bread. Bishamarim afle maisa kederim. Bishamarim said even other items are not exempt either, cooked items. 
was Bishamai argue which part of the Mishnah when Bishamai said that uh, that that Ma'isa Kadeira is not exempted from its own bracha? What was he referring to? And the Gemara explains. The Tanakama says that if you made Hamaitzi, you don't make a bracha on papyrus, on appetizers, these things that were cooked, that were also served, that was mamash. Uh, what else was your bracha on the meal on if not for the Maisa Kadeira? That was, uh, that was, that's more of a, of a, of a, that fills you more than the appetizers. And that's what Bisham is coming to argue. And Bisham is coming all the way to the extreme to tell you that bread does not exempt you from brachas even on items which are the meal that you're washing to, to eat with. I don't know. Perhaps you'll say Bisham is arguing no. A safer plea. Only on the end of the Mishnah. To say that even though it doesn't work for the small dishes, but of course the dish that's mainly there to fill you is going to be potter from its own bracha if you washed in the beginning. And Bishama is arguing with that to say, no, it doesn't exempt it even from that. Teiku. Tishvi, Taretz, Kushi, Subais. When Mashiach comes, Eliyahu Navi will answer to us that will give us the answer to that Shaila. What did Beishamai mean that the Maisa Kedera, the cooked items that are going to fill you more than the appetizers or the side dishes, do, require their own separate bracha? Right? Very interesting ending to the Mishnah. That we said it depends if they're sitting, if they're leaning, etc. Has Sebu in Laya Sebu we said in the Mishnah that if you're not uh, lean, lying down, so to speak, they used to eat on these uh, couches. I believe there is some very sophisticated word that describes that they were, what they sat on, uh, and uh, it was just about, you know it was a, it wasn't just that they would lie down in a in, in a couch, in the, I think the way a lot of people envision it, and but if they were not being massive. <laughs> So then uh, they wouldn't make, a, uh, then you wouldn't have, we said, that one person would make the bracha only if they were hasebu. Says the Gemara, if 10 people are traveling together, even if they all eat from one bread, they each one make their own bracha. We don't consider that to be that they're eating together. Because they're traveling. If they sat down to eat, however, if they were sitting down together at a meal, even if each one had their own bread, we could say, one person makes the bracha. So we see that it's enough to consider like we're all sitting and eating together just in the fact that we're sitting we don't need to establish ourselves on these fancy sofas that they would recline on for a real meal so it's a contradiction to our Mishnah because here we see that you're considered to all be eating together that one person can make the bracha for everybody uh, only from the end of the only from sitting not just for uh, if you're lying down. You're talking about a specific scenario. Ten people who get together as a group and say, let's go eat somewhere. And then they come there and they eat, even if they're not lying down. That's a, that's a, that's a party. They came together to eat together. There's a clear Giloy Milsa revelation from their actions that they want to be considered like it's one meal. When Rav died, his Talmidim uh, went to the Levaya and accompanied him. On their way back, let's go eat bread now on the way back at the river, at the Dank River. After they ate, they sat. They said, now what do we do? We have a Shiloh. Are we fitting into that category of the people who have to bench 
to, who each one has to make their own bracha because we're not leaning that. We're not the Haseba. Or we are the quintessential case of a group of people who travel together to go eat a meal. They didn't know the answer. He turned his garment around and he ripped Kriya again. The first time he ripped was for Rav, his Rebbe's loss. You tear Kriya if you lose a Rebbe. And the second time he tore Kriya was with the following speech. Omar, and he said, We lost our Rebbe Rav and he didn't yet have a chance to teach us what the law is for benching uh, that we understand what we're supposed to do over here. Until one elder taught them that, in fact, since you travel together, uh, to, uh, you, it's like you were eating beheseba with the full intention of being considered as if you ate together and you have one person can bench for everybody. Today is Friday. I'll just finish with a quick vart that I saw, a beautiful vart from the Heilige Shem Yishmuel. Shem Yishmuel says that we, in, on this, uh, first the Yidin said, Nase, in this week's parasha, first they said, Kol Amar Hashem, Nase, we're going to do. And only three days later, by, uh, did they say Nase Venishma. So he asked, why is it that they didn't say Nase Venishma right away? And what were they adding what were they adding when they added nishma? Nasa, we will do whatever Hashem commands us, v'nishma, and we will listen. What were they adding by that that they didn't say right away in the beginning? And explains the Shemesh First, the Eden thought the goal in life, the goal of being a true Ever Hashem is nasa. You have to do. Ultimately, you have to do Torah and Mitzvahs. You have to do everything that Hashem commands you to do. And... That's the, that's the goal. A yid who does all Torah mitzvahs, lives his whole life, he's, he, he, he did what Hashem wanted of him. It took them three days to realize that even when a person's <coughs> going to be on a level where they're fulfilling every Torah, every line in the Torah, and every mitzvah, ka'alacha, kedin, they're doing everything right. But ultimately, the real cheres that we were given from Mitzrayim was a cheres hasichlius, was a freedom of the mind. Not to be an evit to a person, but only to be an evit to Hashem. In order for your mind to serve Hashem properly, that you need a nishma. That you need to know that your acceptance of, of the Omal Shemayim is nishma in the, in the hearing space, in the, in, 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 in the sikhlias. And that was ultimately a yid could do everything right, says the Shem Shmuel. But if you never graduated to that next level, where your mind is focused on being an evid of Hashem and serving Hashem and wanting to hear from Hashem, then you didn't yet reach the level of Nasa Venishma. And everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos. Uh,